From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint for a Tuesday, November 24th, uh, 2020. Does anything in that open make sense, Luke Morrow? Nothing about this sports world has made sense for a while. So we got some really good games and some really important games on Thanksgiving, which is why we're doing this now, uh, because we want to preview two of these games. But first, Luke, um, you've been tied up with work. I'm not sure if you saw this, but the NFL announced which games got flexed from Sunday to Saturday for Week 15. Did, Did you see that announcement? No, I didn't. Uh, well, the most important thing is that one of the options was Jets-Rams. The NFL has decided not to move Jets-Rams uh, to Saturday in Week 15. That's too bad. Move it to Saturday so they don't have to worry about it taking up space on Sunday. <laughs> well, unfortunately, some network and some announced team is going to have to call the game involving the worst team in the history of football. So, yeah, this is just ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. What is not ugly, though? Well, see, here's what's fascinating about these last two games, right? So we know about the Steelers. You have had your doubts about Baltimore. We'll get to the Ravens. Washington-Dallas, if you look at the standings in the NFC, and this I find amazing, do you realize that the Eagles right now win that division and then the other three teams are the second, third, and fourth worst teams in the National Football Conference? Like, either you're going to be hosting a playoff game or you are going to be drafting really early in, in the draft. That, to me, is remarkable, which is why this game matters so much. And it is why, yet again, I have no idea what's going to happen with this division. Luke, you saw the Cowboys just on Sunday with your Vikings. Um, Is this a team that has wooed you after seeing them beat your Vikings? Is somebody that can win this game and win the NFC East? Yes, because the division is so bad. I'm not going to go so far and say after watching them win their last two games and seeing them play on Sunday that now suddenly I think this is one of the better teams and they could go win 10 games and all that sort of stuff or win a playoff game. But when you look at this division, I thought the Eagles, after they had won a couple of games at this point now almost a month ago, they went back to back. I thought, okay, the Eagles, they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Giants, they had the Giants coming up next at the time. I thought they're going to get back on track, take over this division. Then they lost the last two games and looked terrible doing it, especially against the Browns. And they have the fifth toughest schedule the rest of the way, Philadelphia does. So the Cowboys, meanwhile, have the fifth easiest schedule the rest of the way. Their opponents are a combined, have a combined winning percentage of 37. So Dallas, I think this couldn't shape up where the Cowboys could, could go on a run here. All it's going to take is maybe six wins. So you got to win three more games. You go 500 the rest of the season. Maybe that would be good enough to win the division. But the Cowboys are healthier now than the last few weeks. Andy Dalton's back. That's a big plus. And I give them credit. What I saw Sunday it was their best game of the year against the Vikings. It was classic letdown by Minnesota. But the Cowboys, uh, an opportunity when they could very easily check out of this season with how bad they've been and some of the injuries they've had. They've played hard. They've played good the last two games. They won them both. 
and they showed on Sunday they still have A, some fight left, and B, there is still some talent there that they can make some plays and, and win some games. And in this division, like I said, you, know, you only got to go maybe 500 the rest of the way. Cowboys have an easy schedule. They should win on a short week at home on Thursday, and uh, maybe Dallas could, could take over to become the favorite in this lousy, terrible division. So there is a beautiful story about gratitude, though, which is the Alex Smith story. Um, yes. So close to losing his life, and now he's getting to start for a prominent football team on Thanksgiving in the prime slot of Thanksgiving, which is uh, the the annual game that the Cowboys host. Um, it, what is interesting to me about this, besides the human interest factor, is that he has been effective. He has actually been effective at quarterback, which you always wonder when these guys come off these horrible, gigantic injuries is, will they, it's not just what they can do, because a good play caller will understand that and they'll be able to adapt to play a play a game plan from it, but... What happens after the first hit? What happens when they're forced to run to, to run from the pocket? And by and large, Alex Smith has looked like a suitable NFL quarterback in his time back in there under center starting for the football team. So is Alex Smith and Alex Smith enough to beat Dallas? Or, or is there a piece or two that you think that Washington's going to have to really hope for and lean on to help win this game besides Alex Smith? Uh, yeah, Alex Smith, first off, just to piggyback what you said, it is a fantastic story. He's already the comeback player of the year. Um, it's, it's remarkable. Both you look at that team, both him and the head coach, Ron Rivera, beating cancer this year. I mean, Washington, yeah. for all their faults as an organization, they have a couple of the best stories of football. In terms of the game itself, on Thursday, Alex has played well. Um, I think the Cowboys are the more talented team, and Alex Smith has played well. When Alex Smith is healthy, pre-leg injury, Alex Smith would be the best quarterback in the division. I don't know if it sounds, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I mean, I think Andy Dalton is the best quarterback in this lousy division. Carson Wentz leads the league in turnovers. Alex Smith is good, but I still don't know exactly what to expect from him each week or how much of a concern we should have that something may go wrong. He still doesn't have his complete mobility back. And I do like Daniel Jones, but he's still young and unproven and has turned over the football a lot. So I think Dallas is the more talented team. They're at home on a short week. Um, and um, the uh, and just even the cow- the uh, quarterback situation, I think uh, favors uh, Dawn plus with his weapons. I know Terry McClaw, you know they got uh, scary Terry over there in Washington, but Cowboys saw some great catches from CeeDee Lamb on Sunday. Uh, obviously Zeke Elliott in the backfield, so I think there's more talent on the Dallas side. That if they do put things put pieces in place, they they should be the better team. I was about to say the exact same thing. Yes, Terry's a nice story. Um, you know, 62 catches, 871 yards, three touchdowns. But it, it's a lot of young, unproven guys versus a Dallas team that at least has some pieces around it that have played better. So now, and I've had more experience. Then we get to the nightcap, Pittsburgh-Baltimore. This game that means so much for so many beyond even um, just the mere, you know, uh, uh, you know, standing stuff, but 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 just the rivalry these these two teams have had. Pittsburgh's undefeated, and you know that Baltimore wants to beat them. But you have said multiple times you're not convinced that this Lamar Jackson is the same Lamar Jackson as last year. They lose in overtime in pretty poor fashion, giving up that huge run to Derrick Henry. 
What do you look at when when you look at this team and you look at this uh, Baltimore team? What specifically is giving you pause about it? Yeah, I think it is the quarterback. I mean, they are the number one rushing offense in the league. The defense has surrendered the third fewest points, even though they didn't play great against Tennessee. Uh, but the quarterback to me, and I've said this really since he came in the league, and I know a lot of people were distracted by some of the highlight plays, and, you know, he would have like five touchdowns, even though he wouldn't throw for a bunch of yards, and he won the MVP last year, and I can't take that away from him. But we've seen a lot of quarterbacks in the last five years specifically step up, have an MVP season, couldn't follow it up. I mean, uh, Cam Newton, 2015, how's his career gone since? Matt Ryan, after that, hasn't been the same quarterback since. We thought Carson Wentz was going to be, if he stayed healthy, the MVP in 2017, and how has his career gone since that year? So we've seen these guys have MVP seasons, and I wouldn't call it a fluke, but they just don't have the same follow-ups, and I think that's the case for Lamar, where now it's year three. We've been waiting for teams to kind of figure him out along the way. It has always felt a little hokey in what the Ravens are doing, and it's 2020. We're seeing how football's being played. Guys are throwing it all over the yard, and yet uh, Lamar Jackson... You know, can't even go over 200 uh, passing yards on a given week, let alone 300, like most quarterbacks are doing. So uh, the Ravens can only win one way. That's playing with a lead. And when they don't have that lead, uh, they struggle, and they struggle against good teams as well. Uh, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson as a Super Bowl type of quarterback. He's lost most of the big games of his career. And I have a lot of uh, concerns about that Ravens quarterback and his ability to lead them where they want to go. Do you need to pick up that call? No, I don't. Okay. Because, you know, this is, you know, this is the sprint. It's a fairly short show, so you could just tell the folks, you know, who's calling that, you know, you'll be done shortly. We could do a three-way. We could three-way them in here and get their uh, take on Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Exactly. Here's why I think Pittsburgh wins this game. Because on paper, this is a classic. It's it's, It's in Baltimore. Short week, blah, blah, blah. But here's why. A, this game may not happen. So this whole part of the podcast may be moot if Baltimore keeps having COVID cases. But we are having problems right now with teams that are out of their facilities. Some are winning, some are losing. The bottom line is you need healthy pieces to go through a game plan. If you cannot do that, I don't know if you win or not. I would go with the more sure quantity, which is Pittsburgh, even though I do think they're due for a loss at some point. I would not be surprised one bit if it comes um, on Thursday versus um, the uh, Ravens. But I just think that you can't have the issues that Baltimore is having right now on a short week. You can do it better if it's a Sunday or Monday game, not if it's a Thursday game. I think that's too much to overcome for the Ravens. And just to piggyback off of that real quick, uh, last five years, I believe it is, quarterbacks that have, quarterbacks that are over five years older, quarterbacks that are more than five years older than their opponents have won on short weeks something like 65% of the time, meaning the more veteran quarterback who's gone through it before handles the short week better. So not only do the Ravens have these issues with COVID-19 and the team not playing well, we have a third-year quarterback going up against the Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who is going to be at home. The Ravens are the team that has to travel. Steelers home, short week, more experienced quarterback. I think the short week and everything going on this week helps out Pittsburgh as well. Is there any reason to talk about Carolina uh, Vikings? Um, no, not really. Carolina's been a nice story this year, but no. Would you like me to talk about the Dolphins and the Jets? Oh, please. Yeah, you could do the rest of the show on that. 
No, I have no interest. Okay. Um, which brings me to this. I think the two best games left on this slate, and correct me if, or, or, or and, and, and you can give your thoughts if you disagree, are Tennessee Indy um, and Kansas City Tampa. I would agree. I agree with both of those. Um, because, look, Houston-Detroit's nice for brownie points. Um, for you know, showing off on a nice day for Matthew Stafford and the and the Deshaun Watson, and you look at some of these games that have implications. You can argue that you know um, San Francisco, L.A. If the Rams get another loss, that's another feather in the cap of of Seattle. And speaking of Seattle, you can look at Monday night and what could be desperation for the Eagles, depending on how the chips fall. Um, Thursday and Sunday with the Giants and, uh, and and football team Cowboys. But to me, we'll start with Tennessee Indy. God, Derrick Henry is such a special guy. He is just, he does things that can make up for a lot of ills. And I think, look, I keep doubting Phillip Rivers. And I don't know what to think about Phillip Rivers and this Colts team. But I just have this odd feeling that, Indy's going to come in here and upset Tennessee and stifle all that momentum. I, 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 I don't know why, but I, that's just how I feel. I think the Colts are just a better team. I, I thought the Colts from the start of the season were a better team in this division. I just thought they needed a quarterback, and Phillip Rivers has been playing well enough lately for them to be able to win these games. And I remember when they played each other the first time just about two weeks ago, uh, the uh, Colts went to Tennessee and scored twice as many points and blew out the Titans. And Tennessee... They don't get after the quarterback. They have 12 sacks all year. Clowney was a bust. Vic Beasley was a bust. They spent a lot of money on those guys. They don't pressure the quarterback. And so when Phillip Rivers is comfortable, that's the big thing. He's an older quarterback. He's not very mobile. You want to make him uncomfortable, but the Titans don't pressure the quarterback. So against Tennessee, he had 300 passing yards, and they scored 34 points, and they were able to run all over that lousy defense. To me, the Colts are the better team. Uh, they don't have the holes. When I look at the Titans, their defense is not very good. It's one of the worst third-down defenses, one of the worst red-zone defenses in the league. Their special teams may be the worst in the league. Their punter, they signed from uh, FedEx a couple weeks ago. Uh, and their offense, as good as Derrick Henry is, like you mentioned, he can't uh, catch the football well enough that he only plays when it's a close game or in their leading. So when they're trailing like they were in that uh, game against the Colts the first time around, he, he barely touched the ball in the second half because... He can't be out there on the field when they're down 17 and need to throw it a bunch. He can't block the catch. So there's a lot of holes and concerns for the Titans. Meanwhile, for the Colts, really my only concern is just keeping Phillip Rivers comfortable, upright, keep him protected. He'll be able to run the football. They have a top-10 defense. And Phillip Rivers, when protected, still can play well. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. So I, I think this Colts team is more talented. I think they're one of the better teams. I don't think they're going to go win a Super Bowl, but I do think they're one of the better teams in the AFC. We're, uh, this is the Sunday Sprint special early edition for Thanksgiving week. Luke Morrow is the host of the Morrow Midday Show on ESPN Radio 98.9 FM Charleston and charlestonsportsradio.com. I appear on almost every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern to talk golf, um, which I will do again tomorrow in a time slot to be determined um, because everything's different in 2020. Um, uh, Chiefs. Bucks, marquee game, Mahomes, Brady. Kansas City wins this going away, in my opinion. I am not convinced that Tom Brady is on the same page with these people. I'm not convinced that this team has enough pieces 
especially defensively. They gave up a whole lot of points last night to a Ram team that you and I have talked about how inconsistent we view Jared Goff and company. Um, they they let up a, you know 376 passing yards. We know how much Mahomes can wheel it. This is a going away, no doubt about it, victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, CBS, Jim and Tony. You won't get the ratings you want, but you'll at least have a fun game to call. Yeah, I would like to go that direction. The only reason why I'm hesitant is because we usually don't see Brady play poorly back-to-back weeks. We talked about this just two weeks ago. Bears by the Saints, next week played great beat the Panthers. Now that's the Panthers. This is a much tougher test, but you do get the Chiefs uh, at home. And oddly enough, teams on short weeks this year have actually uh, won more games than the teams that they're playing that are on a normal week. So for whatever reason, you know, there's some, some, some sort of advantage, I guess, to being on a short week. And so the Bucks may have that. Uh, that's the only thing holding me back. But I do think right now, currently, the Chiefs are a lot better than Tampa. I think this is Tampa's last loss on the schedule. You look at their schedule, they have a bye. They should win their final four games. I do think they'll be 11-5. and I think they're going to be okay. They're just not ready to beat Kansas City just yet after uh, the game last night. But I'll say this, and this is how I opened my show today. It sounds crazy. It sounds like tongue-in-cheek, like you're mocking Tom Brady because of his age. Go back and look at the last two years. Compare the numbers. He's not the same quarterback in night games. My theory is that he's on record. He goes to bed uh, before 9 o'clock every night. It's a little bit different when you're trying to play a football game that starts at 9 o'clock. He looked half asleep last night. So his worst performances this year have been at night. Uh, Thursday night football against the Bears, two weeks ago against the Saints, last night against the Rams. With that said, I'm not putting a ton into last night's game. I think Brady is just fine as long as he's playing during the day. Uh, with all of that said, I don't think the Buccaneers win against Kansas City, but I still think Tampa Bay will be okay. Interesting. Right. That's that's a very... That's, that's a passionate take from you. That's a very passionate... Interesting theory about Tom Brady at night. Yes, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon just yet on Tom, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is what I'm trying to say, and uh, they just haven't, you know, they haven't played well at night. He's one in six last seven night games. If you look at his numbers this year, quarterback rating during the day is 108. At night, it's 73. Uh, he's still shown that he can play well under the right circumstances. Last night, just certainly were not the right circumstances. Do you have any thoughts on the NC Dinos winning the Korean Baseball Organization World Series last night in uh, six games? Oh, yes. It was a great series. Um, I was uh, very surprised that they pulled it off, and uh, it capped off a fantastic year. And, And you're happy for everybody in the organization, right? Of course. Great people over there running that team. I'm happy for them. They've worked hard for this. They've earned it. They deserve it. It's a long time coming. All the other cliches, good for them. I, I guess you were not up at 4.30 in the morning to watch this? No. no. I had no idea it even happened. <laughs> uh, see, you never know what I'll come with. You'll never know what I will right. come with. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. So what's your game of the week? Oof. Well, I hope the Steelers-Ravens even play. Uh, I'm going to say Titans-Colts because it could be a battle for the division. And unlike the Cowboys-Washington, it's actually between two uh, decent and good teams. Was that like an inside joke that 
about football team there? And why you said Washington Cowboys instead of football team Dallas? And you, because you like the other game with two actual teams, is that was that like a odd kind of thing involving the use of football team? We can say it was to make me look even even better. Yes, exactly. Um, my my game of the weekend is the Washington football team Dallas game. I, I think it's going to have huge ramifications all over the place. And it may put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. I think the Giants are ready for it. I think the Giants are the best team in the division, but they may be too early to peak, especially with no Saquon Barkley. So that's just a thought there. What's your sleeper game of the week? Man, I think we uh, covered all of them. I'll say Raiders-Falcons because the Falcons are irrelevant, but in a normal week, they can score some points, and the Raiders have had the most efficient offense in the league this year, so if nothing else, maybe there'll be some points scored. Raiders-Falcons. Chargers-Bills. Trap game, trap game, trap game alert. Trap game alert. Yeah, could be. This is something you don't... I, I saw it last week. I saw it last week. This is the game. Justin Herbert will throw the ball around, and if you don't have your corners playing well, you are in trouble. I saw it when they beat the Jets. So there yeah. you go. And he's a good quarterback. Yes. Rookie. Uh, there's no golf happening when these games occur. But oh, man. Just, I know, but let's just say they were. What's your game to watch golf during? Let's say Browns Jaguars. The Jaguars are terrible, and the Browns offense is not fun to watch. So it's just going to be a boring game. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but 49ers Rams, no, no shot. Sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. It's not going to work. And then the question that Luke never preps for. No. Your person or player to watch this weekend. I'm still trying to think right now. Uh, I usually <laughs> end up just going obvious because I don't really put much thought into it beforehand. Uh, if I can as a snitch on myself. But I will say, I'll say two, and they're obvious. Tom Brady, how's he going to bounce back after last night? But I'll also say Taysom Hill because he looked better. He wasn't great, but he looked better than I was expecting. I thought he was going to look like he didn't belong out there. Beat the Falcons, but that's start number one against a bad Falcons team. Now you go on the road to Denver. Good defensive coach. I want to see how Taysom Hill looks in his uh, in his encore. I'll say this: I think that um, what we have seen here involving Taysom Hill and the Saints' use of him is going to be, A, good for Jameis Winston if they ever have to put him in. B, I think they can come up with a game plan that can bridge this gap to get Drew Brees back in there. And I think that's all they need. And then once they do, he'll be good to go. So I think it'll be helpful for for everyone involved. That's my That's my thoughts. On that, is there anything else you want to say besides Happy Thanksgiving on this your uh, on this the Tuesday before Thanksgiving edition of the Sunday Sprint? No, I don't. Happy Thanksgiving. We need more Thanksgiving themed movies. That's all. 
Okay, you want more Thanksgiving themed movies? All right, we'll. Sure. I'll talk to my people about that. And we'll see what we can do. Okay. That is Luke Morrow. I'm Jeremy Schilling. I hope uh, both of you have, or all of you out there, not both of you. There's a lot of listeners to this, Luke, and I just basically gave it to only two of them. That's really rude. <laughs> I have to start this yeah. again. To all of you out there, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Be smart. And express gratitude to those you love on this special holiday. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Sunday Sprint. We will see you next week. Thanks, Luke. You bet.